Today is Thursday, April 15th, Tax Day here in the United States. This is Dr. Gwen, and welcome to my Women's Health Podcast. The first article talks about high glycemic foods and that people who eat foods that have a high glycemic index may be at greater risk for heart disease. Consuming carbohydrates with high glycemic index, indicator of how quickly a food affects blood glucose levels, um, appears to be associated with the risk of coronary heart disease in women but not men, according to a report in the April 12th issue of the Archives of Internal Medicine, one of the JAMA Archives journals. High-carbohydrate diets increase the levels of blood glucose and of harmful blood fats known as triglycerides while reducing levels of protection, um, protective HDL or good cholesterol, thereby increasing heart disease risk, according to background information in the, in the article. However, not all carbohydrates have the same effect on um, blood glucose levels. The glycemic index is a measure of how much a food raises blood glucose levels compared with the same amount of glucose or white bread. A related measure, the glycemic load, is calculated based on the glycemic index of a given food and also on the total amount of carbohydrates it contains. Sabina Sierra, PhD from a, I'm not even going to try to say the name, um, but it's from an institute in Milan, Italy, and colleagues studied 47,749 Italian adults. 15,171 were men and 32,578 were women, and they completed dietary questionnaires. Based on their responses, the researchers calculated the overall carbohydrate intakes as well as the average glycemic index of the foods they consumed and the glycemic loads of their diets. During, during a midpoint of 7.9 years of follow-up, 463 participants, which 158 were women, and 305 were men developed coronary heart disease. The one-fourth of women who consumed the most carbohydrates overall had approximately twice the risk of heart disease as the one-fourth who consumed the, consumed the least. When these carbohydrates were separated into high and low glycemic index categories, increased intake from high glycemic index foods was significantly associated with greater risk of coronary heart disease, whereas low glycemic index carbohydrates were not. Thus, a high consumption of carbohydrates from high glycemic index foods rather than the overall quantity of carbohydrates consumed appears to influence the risk of developing coronary heart disease. The one-fourth of women whose diet had the highest glycemic load had 2.24 times the risk of heart disease compared with the one-fourth of women with the lowest glycemic load. Overall, carbohydrate intake, glycemic index, and glycemic load were not associated with heart disease risk in men. Interesting, huh? This could be because the adverse changes associated with carbohydrate intake, including triglyceride levels, are stronger risk factors for heart disease in women than in men. They tentatively suggest that the adverse effects of a high glycemic diet in women are mediated by sex-related differences in lipoprotein and glucose metabolism. But further prospective studies 
are required to verify a lack of association of a high dietary glycemic load with cardiovascular disease in men. The next one I found particularly of interest for, um, and it's relevant to young girls as well as moms and dads who have young daughters. Exposure to three classes of common chemicals may affect female development. And this comes out of the Mount Sinai Medical Center. Researchers at Mount Sinai School of Medicine have found that exposure to three common chemical classes, phenols, phthalates, and phytoestrogens in young girls may disrupt the timing of pubertal development and put girls at risk for health complications later in life. The study, the first to examine the effects of these chemicals on pubertal development, is currently published online in the journal Environmental Health Perspectives. Research has shown that early pubertal development in girls can have adverse social and, me and medical effects, including cancer and diabetes later in life. And this uh, is a statement from Dr. Mary Wolf, who is the Professor of Preventive Medicine and Oncological Sciences at Mount Sinai School of Medicine. She further stated that the research shows a connection between chemicals that girls are exposed to on a daily basis and either delayed or early development. While more research is needed, these data are an important first step in continuing to evaluate the impact of these common environmental agents in putting girls at risk. Phenols, phenolase, I hope I'm saying that right, and phytoestrogens are among chemicals known as endocrine disruptors, which interfere with the body's endocrine or hormone, hormone system. They are found, in, check this out, they are found in a wide range of consumer products, such as nail polish, where they increase durability, and in cosmetics, perfumes, lotions, and shampoos, where they carry fragrance. Some are used to increase the flexibility and durability of plastics, such as PVC, or they are included as coatings on medications or nutritional supplements to make them time release. Dr. Wolf and co-principal investigator Susan Teitelbaum and the team from Mount Sinai's Department of Pediatric and Microbiology recruited girls from the neighborhood of East Harlem, a unique minority population considered high risk. Working with Cincinnati Children's Hospital in Kaiser Permanente, Northern California, they analyzed the impact of exposure to environmental agents in a study that included 1,151 girls from New York, Greater Cincinnati, and Northern California. So they did have a wide spectrum from both ends of the country as well as the middle. The girls were between six and eight years old at, a, at enrollment and between seven and nine at analysis. Researchers collected urine samples from the study participants and analyzed them for phenols, phthalates, and phytoestrogens, including 19 separate urine biomarkers. The data showed that the three classes of chemical compounds were widely detectable in the study population and that high exposure to certain chemicals was associated with early breast development. I mean, th this is so important to me because, you know, we're hearing more and more of girls, which you think would be the opposite of having their first menstrual period or menarche earlier in life. And you would think as women's, you know, as we're living longer on the planet, our menopause is delayed, it should be that we're starting menstruation later. The strongest links were seen with 
phthalates and phytoestrogens, which were among the highest exposures. One phenol, two phytoestrogens, and a subset of phthalates, those found in building products and plastic tubing, were associated with later, later puberty. However, the phthalates found in personal products, such as lotion and shampoo, especially those with fragrance, were related to earlier breast and pubic hair development. They believe that there are certain periods of vulnerability in the development of the mammary gland and exposure to these chemicals may influence breast cancer risk in adulthood. Dietary habits may also have an impact, and further studies need to de determine how strong that link is. Consistent with previous studies, researchers also found that body mass index played a role in the onset of puberty. About a third of the girls were considered overweight, which is also an indicator of early breast development. As a result, some of the chemical associations differed in more or less obese girls. Researchers continued to study the impact of diet on pubertal development and eventual breast cancer risk. Exposure to these chemicals is extremely common. As such, while the association between chemicals and pubertal de development seems small, the impact on the overall population is significant. What I would suggest from this is, you know, this is, there's actually been more research on this. I actually I used to have a website out about it. Uh, I have to see if I can locate that. But I would recommend if I had a young daughter, I would look for shampoos um, that are fragrance-free. Um, look for some of the baby uh, shampoos. Um, you know, really, really try to think about this because it really is, you know, watch this research. That's all I have for today. For today, this is Dr. Gwen. I wish you well. I wish you good health. And um, I wish you joy. Bye-bye now.